to On and Off the Pitch. Hello and welcome to On and Off the Pitch, or as I like to call it, Arms, Elbows and Penalties. This is the Women Football Weekend Roundup. How are you? I hope you're well. Did, did you enjoy the Women's Football Weekend? Yes. Did you feel excited? Were you excited? Or was it was there no difference? Was it there no change? Did you not notice anything? And did you think, oh, it's still football. There's not enough fans. There's not enough coverage. Let me know. Uh, we're going to start, actually, not with the championship this time. We're going to start with the WSL, the Barclays Women's Super League, to be exact. And we saw fixtures take place in big stadiums for this women's football weekend, the joys. Uh, Manchester United entertained West Ham at Old Trafford. Now, there was talk about the numbers being down. Maybe that's because the red team of Manchester weren't necessarily playing a bigger team or a bigger pool in terms of fans. Who knows? You know, who knows? Maybe it's because they weren't playing the likes of Chelsea or Arsenal that the fans may not have been there. Maybe the fans were looking at you know, the rugby or going to the England game. Who knows? Who knows? But um, there was comment about the, the numbers at Old Trafford being down from the previous game. These things happen. And in relation to women, women's teams playing in, in the men's grounds or the men's stadium, there's always going to be an element of that there's never enough unless it's an international tournament. Anyway, I digress. In terms of the, the game itself, this is something that, um, in terms of the game and the fans, this is a long-term problem. It's not going to happen overnight. There's always going to be um, a question about the number of players, uh, people that go to watch games, not players, could be players, uh, people that go to watch games. It could be a question about um, if the appetite isn't there for the journals. Is it is it a big enough pull? Do they, do they give it enough push? in the column inches or on their Twitter feeds or in their social media posts, is it? Or is it just something that we're all going to have to accept that there's going to be fluctuations in the number of fans we see in grounds? Anyway, I shouldn't pick on Manchester United because they were playing at Old Trafford, which is a, which is a big thing, which is a really big thing. Um, let me know what you think. Um, anyway, in terms of the game, all of the action uh, um, in terms of goals in the second half, all of the action. Um, we had a goal from Katie Zellum, you know, or, you know, the penalty stroke free kick maestro, as we like to call call her. Um, she's got to get a goal from one of those free kicks or penalties. Uh, but she got a goal. Garcia got two. There was one from Ladd. Um, and in terms of West Ham, in terms of this game, in terms of the actual opposition, I'm going to say there's nothing to report from West Ham. I mean, they had their moments. They had their moments, but they were unsuccessful in their efforts. This was a very convincing win for Manchester United, and and they were good for they were good for the goals, they were good for the goals. Um, West Ham were, excuse me, unsuccessful in their efforts. They were unsuccessful in their tackling. They were unsuccessful in tracking runners, especially for I think the second goal, was it the third goal? One of them, the ball's played over by. So it's just anyway, it's just that the, 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 they didn't track the runner, didn't track the runner. So for Manchester United, could this be the season? Could this be the season that they get silverware? If Chelsea slip up again, we'll talk a little bit about that, and they did get beat. Could it be the season where Manchester United actually hold on to some silverware after desperate attempts before to, 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 to try and get silverware and, and not get in there and actually winning the league and therefore making them 
superb champions. Who knows? Anyway, that that's that for them. Uh, in terms of other games in the Barclays Women's Super League, uh, Friday night action saw Liverpool and Everton. And I've got to be honest, I didn't even know this game was playing on Friday because I, I missed it. I had to catch up on the highlights. I missed it. Um, and maybe it wasn't promoted enough on the women's football weekend. Or maybe the, maybe the Friday is not a weekend. Okay. Um, but this game ended one all for both teams. One all for both teams. Get it. Uh, goals uh, arrived in the first half um, by George and Stengal. Um, so they both go down in the land of the stats for this one. They both get a goal apiece. But in terms of Liverpool, it's probably a good a good result for them. Uh, Everton have been doing well. Everton have been doing well. So that they will probably be feeling a little bit miffed that they haven't secured all three points because they've been doing well. But, you know, for Liverpool, they'll be happy for a point, even though, you know, they probably think they should win. But they, they're happy for a point. Um, the biggest things in terms of there were other games that had really big results, the big things in this uh, WSL uh, Women's Football Weekend was the North London derby. Now, Tottenham Hotspurs have been going for a little bit of a difficult time. They, they changed their former, or they changed their, their head coach. Rian Skinner isn't there. Jepson has stepped up as an uh, uh, acting until the end of the season, I believe. And, you know, you think that the players are going to go into this game against Arsenal, who are trying to revive their season, trying to get back some of their mojo, their zip and their, their zeal in terms of challenging Chelsea and Manchester United and, and trying to fend off Manchester City, who's trying to come back as well. You thought, you know, that Tottenham will try and stop all of those, stop, stop all of those things. Um, but Arsenal blew them away. I mean, five goals. Five goals. What can we say? I mean, first of all, let's be honest. Arsenal are playing some really good football. Let's start there. Arsenal are playing some really good football and they're an entertaining team, even without Miedemar. Yeah, they're playing some entertaining football. This is it. But what can we say about Spurs, right? They have plenty of players with experience and they have plenty of players who give effort. And sometimes the players with uh, great experience are the ones that are, are dishing out or, or putting out the, the, the best effort or the most effort. Uh, but to win games, you need a bit of energy. And you need a bit of luck as well, but you need a bit of energy to go alongside the experience and the effort. And sometimes, you know, you can have the energy from the young, the youth, the ones with legs, and the experience from the more senior players and the effort, and they kind of pull people along. This is not happening for Spurs. This is not happening for Spurs. Whatever's going on there, they have experience and they have the effort, but the energy is lacking. The energy is, you know, it's definitely absent. Um, this team needs more from the players, right? It needs more from the players. And, and maybe, and this is Tottenham Hotspurs are talking about, and maybe a real honest conversation as to who or which set of players are ready for the cut and thrust of the Barclays Women's Super League. That is the honest bit, because if they continue on this line where they're not going to do what's right in terms of just each other, um, I don't see them staying in the WSL. If, teams are, if, if there are teams worse than them next season, I will be surprised. You know, and whatever's 
been shared or discussed with regards to the former head coach maybe not doing enough there comes a time when you have to start to take a forensic look at the players and see what is really going on because you have two leagues within one league the WSL there are two leagues two and Tottenham Hotspurs women right at this moment they're not in the they're not in the top half of that league in the league that they're in let alone them be in the top league if that makes any sense two leagues in one league and they're not in the top league and they're definitely not in the top half of the other league that they're in so they need to sort themselves out well done to Arsenal um real hard and fast conversations for Tottenham Hotspur in fact for Tottenham let's just kind of do it right across the board Tottenham some real conversations Conte's gone from the I mean he I'm surprised he even came back he probably only came back to pick up his stapler and his hole puncher from his office don't even know why he came back to be honest so both teams need some real hard conversations with their players as to about what's not happening but we're sticking with the WSL we are sticking with the WSL um Chelsea now Emma Hayes doesn't like it when her team loses she doesn't she's a grumpy individual to say the very least she wants the best and nothing but the best but Chelsea didn't just slip this weekend they were beaten they were beaten convincingly uh, by Manchester City and um, the angle dial goal I mean I had to watch that four times I'm sure she hits that with some backspins because the way it travels I really I need a better screen for this FA player it looked like the ball was spinning backwards while it was in it I mean that was a strike it was a good strike goalkeeper didn't know what to do I mean sometimes power can beat a goalkeeper but this was quality strike quality strike so for Chelsea they still can get back on top is it points they've got a game in hand they can still do it but it will be very interesting going forward for Manchester United if Chelsea don't get to win the next game and Manchester United are in pole position at this end of the season where all of the other teams are trying to pull each other back like crabs in a barrel yeah not trying to cooperate they're trying to pull back this person and say could it work to Manchester United's favour that at this moment in time that they are sitting top and Chelsea are chasing in terms of the game now because you've got to win that game and it could be it could just be that Chelsea don't get the points that they want. And despite the best efforts of the other teams like Manchester City and despite the best efforts of Arsenal, that Manchester United come out on top. It could be, could be, but you know, I say Emma Hayes, she doesn't like her team to lose. She doesn't like to lose. So Chelsea could come back with a vengeance for the next team. They could, but right now it's looking good for Manchester. Mark Skinner is, is probably going to feel really, really good about himself. Really good about himself if Chelsea don't don't uh, d- d- deliver the points for the next game. It's going to make it all so interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the WSL is interesting. Oh, sorry, the Barclays Women's Super League is interesting. Let's give it a correct title because it's the Women's Football Weekend or was. Um, stepping away from them, stepping away from Chelsea. We're whizzing through because, you know, once you watch Chelsea lose, there's not much you can analyse. They're lost. Uh, Reading. Right, Reading proved that they've still got fight in their boots, which equates to points saved. 
right? Brighton's, uh, this game against Brighton was a very entertaining game from the highlights that I saw. Couldn't see all the games, obviously. Uh, but Brighton Sari scores a absolutely fantastic goal. The, 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 into the roof. Oh, beautiful. Fantastic goal. Um, and they had the chances to, to, to score more than the one that they did. Uh, but Reading utilised the ball really well. Um, they utilised, in fact, Brighton, they, they utilised the ball so well, right? They used a long ball. And for whatever reason, Brighton didn't react accordingly. Let the ball bounce through, which you, you try not to do. And um, that sometimes the simplest things in football are the best things. And sometimes people say it's a long ball. But it was, it was a great ball. And the defenders didn't deal with it. And Reading get their just desserts. And in fact, you know, Brighton did score a second. Apologies, they did score a second. But the first goal, Basari, was absolutely fantastic. They did score a second. So for Reading to come back and score two goals, you know, and the second goal that Reading scored is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great goal. It's a great goal. But the best part of the goal isn't the goal. It's the run and the cross for the assist. I mean, it's on the run. It is beautiful. It's absolutely fantastic. And you don't see enough of it in football sometimes when a player will actually get to the byline and cross the ball first time. So many times you see a player go and they come back inside. They get to the and they come back inside. And you see that wing play and the ability to cross the ball on the run is a dying art. And to see it in real time and there'd be a goal at the end of it is absolutely fantastic. The goal is good. The, the run and the cross, that of the move. It is I'm going to actually watch that again. Um, so I'm going to do that. Uh, right, away from that, Carla Ward. Carla Ward. Oh, Carla Ward. You genius. That's all I'm going to say. Villa serve Leicester a five-course meal of relegation. That's what they served up. Um, and at this stage of the season, it's hard not to see the championship football for for Leicester. Anything else? It is impossible for you to see anything else other than that for them. I, I, I just don't know what's going to happen to them. I think they're just going to, I think they're going to go down. I think at this point. Um, especially when you offer up chances at the edge of your box by trying to play out and be not, and the centre-backs are not sure as to who to give the ball to and everything else. Uh, the best of the Villa goals, I think probably the first one for, for Lehman's goal. I thought it was brilliant. Um, but what I will say about Aston Villa, so the Leicester, the, the, not the Leicester goal, the Aston Villa goal against Leicester, the best thing I can say about Aston Villa, I said not the best, but one of the things, is the movement is first class. The intelligence in terms of the movement is first class. And the constant goal threat that Villa pose in a game under Carla Ward's um, guidance 
it's very hard not to consider them as not even just dangerous now in terms of the WSL and where they might be in, in the league, but to see them as a dangerous opposition next season as to what they're going to do in terms of the, the established top three, four teams. Uh, Carla Ward has definitely put her blueprint down and the players are bought into the blueprint. And they're not only buying into the blueprint, they're buying into the message. And not only are they buying into the message, they are embodying the message and they are delivering with the experience, the effort and the energy. Something which another team I mentioned not too long ago was missing because that team has the experience uh, uh, and um, and uh, and um, energy. But in fact, they have the energy, they have the experience and the effort, but they're not the energy. Whereas Aston Villa have all of those things. They have all of those things, which is is brilliant to see. Absolutely brilliant to see. Anyway, we're going to step away from the Barclays Women's Super League for a moment. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Barclays Women's Championship, which I know a little bit about. Uh, there's this. Has anyone seen Nana Palmer? Go big! Go big on the championship. Boom! Big game. Big game in this uh, chapter of football in the Barclays Women's Championship. The midday kickoff. Things were happening. About two midday kick. Two midday kickoffs. Uh, we saw Durham host London City Lionesses. Bush. Crystal Palace house Blackburn. Bush, what could happen? And um, I went to, I didn't go to London City Lionesses this week because they were playing away. I went to Crystal Palace, who were playing at home, and they were uh, playing at Blackburn. And uh, we're all aware that uh, Crystal Palace, their management team, have been suspended due to an investigation and nothing else has been said. And I tried, despite my best efforts, to find out who was the acting or interim or temporary head coach or some whoever. I didn't know who picked the team for Crystal Palace. I had a clue. I mean, but what I will say about Crystal Palace, they had a bloody good setup on the day and they had a, a physical programme, which was great. And, you know, everything else. They had a really, really good crowd at the game. Um, and they had a DJ for kids playing some wicked tunes. And for the adults, wicked tune, wicked soul tunes to lift the spirits on a very cold and wet day, right? So Crystal Palace, in this women's football weekend, they definitely made the effort. They definitely brought the noise. They definitely brought the atmosphere. They did their bit, you know, and well done to them. They actually did a really, really good job. And the fans, you know, travelled away from Selhurst Park because some of those are season ticket holders. And they went to Hayes Lane and they enjoyed themselves. I think that what well, I thought they enjoyed this process, and it's good to see so many young kids there with the parents and watching it as well, etc. You know, because it's you know, that's what it was all about. Brilliant stuff, absolutely brilliant stuff. In terms of the game, I would say that it was a very positive start from Crystal Palace. Um, for Crystal Palace, Olding um, was one of the players that I saw, and and from the off demonstrated that she would be a key player and a key threat in this game. Uh, and one of the first skills that I noticed that she did was a nice drag back and cross, which is, you know, it's nice to see a little drag back away from your feet and cross. 
Uh, and I haven't seen or watched many of the Palace games in the last few weeks. So it was interesting to see uh, Riley being deployed in a deeper role in defence. The last time I, I, I watched the play, I think she was in midfield. Uh, but she did a really, really good job in shutting out Crompton uh, for Blackburn in the first half. And um, I, I, I actually, when I was watching the game, I actually experienced the game as being a little bit slow in terms of pace from both teams. And, um, and and I thought what I you know and this is this is what I experienced while I was sitting in the stand and I thought is this is this a knock-on effect uh because one it was a midday game and the clocks had gone forward so not enough shut eye time or shut hours shut eye hours for for players and people because you know you have to adjust and you, you're losing an hour could that have had an impact um, on the on the speed of the game, and it's possible. Sometimes when you go and watch a midday game, even in the Premier League, it's the pace is a little bit off because players are geared to playing at three o'clock or five o'clock or, or or eight o'clock, depending on the midday game is always a bit strange. And I think there was a little element of this for this game in the first forty-five. Um, what I will say is that in terms of the referee, I have to say something about the referee. The game it had a few, it had. A number of free kicks, which is why I said it's all about arms, elbows and penalties, not necessarily in this game. Um, but only a couple of yellow cards and those were towards the end. And one of those was for, for kicking the ball away um, after a, a free kick had been had been awarded. So there was an element in terms of that, of the, the arms and elbow affair, you know, but not necessarily... Uh, I'm not saying dirty play. I said there were some wholehearted tackles in this game, which is what you would expect in football because it is a it's a contact sport and a sport based on skill. But in relation to to Blackburn, who I'd watched um, a number of times before and I'd seen them play um, a couple of weeks prior in terms of of uh, against against London City, Lionesses in 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 Dartford, uh, they didn't have the same level of threat that they posed when they played uh, a few weeks earlier, they were well below par. And I said, I think that's probably due to the time and obviously being, you know, traveling down the night before and not getting enough sleep. And I don't believe, and this is, and I've watched the highlights again, but, you know, watching the game, they didn't really muster a decent threat in the first half that you would, you, you could claim or I could claim that they should have scored. You know, I don't, I don't recall that. And I don't see that. I didn't see that from them that they could have scored. Um, so many of the opportunities uh, for Palace um, were, were were good, but the final ball was either too short or too long or overhit in, in terms of pace. Um, and this is something I've witnessed from them before. And I began to think, is this going to be one of their days or not their day? And I was, uh, you know, but, you know, it was... It wasn't in that sense. It was their day. Big thanks to Molly Sharp, who who was able to be on the end of a, a, a cross um, that wasn't cleared, which is one of the very few things or very one of the very few moments where Blackburn didn't because Richards uh, and Seed are, are really, really good at, at stopping crosses and, and being positionally um, great at, at dealing with that. Um, I was surprised and also not surprised that this game only had one goal. You know, possession, favoured Palace, definitely in the first half, and I would say for the bulk of the game. But there was always an element where I thought that Blackburn might just catch them out on the run, um, catch them out on the break. Um, but the, I will say, and I've got to do this, I would say the imperious approach 
from the some of the Crystal Palace players. Uh, Philby, Everett, Riley and Waldy made it in terms of a threat from Blackburn, um, a very slim possibility that they were going to actually not only get an equaliser, but also go on and cause a bigger problem where the game would move away or run away from, from Crystal Palace. Uh, and I'm always really impressed when I watch Crystal Palace. When I, I that, when I watch Lizzie Waldy play, I think such a good player. Um, and there's, she has so much to her game. And I don't believe that she knows how good she is or she could be. I mean, I just watch her and I think she's positionally very good, great recovery, great on the ball. But there's a bit of me, and I don't know if that's something that I, I kind of, I own my bias, I think, in a sense. I watch her and I think, oh my God, you could be so good. You could be like international good. Like, but it's, it's either no one's told her or she doesn't know. And yeah, I just... Yeah, such a good player. I think she's a very good player, but it's about belief as well. There's that. Anyway, enough of the bias. Um, yeah, so it's nice to think about it. And there was one moment in the game, and, and there was, right, and to some people watching the game, I must clarify, there was a certain amount of cute play uh, from some of the players, yeah. And I won't say which team uh, the players play for. However... The Palace fans were booing during some moments of the match. Just saying. Um, <laughs> uh, players that stood out for me in this game, um, and I've mentioned some of the, the Crystal Palace players again, I will say it again. I think definitely for Crystal Palace, I'll say Olding, um, Waldy and Riley. Yeah, really stood out for me. Um, and Riley in particular, because she had a heavy, heavy bandage, or heavy support on her knee. And I wasn't sure, but really stood up to the task well in terms of dealing with defenders. Always impressed from a Blackburn Rovers point of view. Always impressed to see Jade Richards. I think she's such a good defender. I think she, she really, I always wonder what she'd be in midfield if they could have other defenders. Uh, Seed as well, Fenton and Hutchins. Yeah, really, really, they did stand out, even though it wasn't their, their afternoon. Um, wasn't their afternoon at all. Um, yeah, just wasn't their afternoon. Anyway, a little bit more of me after this. I'd like it when we go big. Oh, I have an emergency announcement, right? Uh, when players get bumped from behind in the penalty area in the championship, I might regret this. Um, you don't always get a penalty, right? That is what we call a magic moment. And those magic moments are generally awarded to players in the WSL, okay? All right, just, just say that now. Uh, I will say this in relation to the bulk of the possession in the first half. Um, in relation to uh, Crystal Palace, I'll say this one more, one more thing about Crystal Palace and, and Blackburn. Um, the one thing I did know about them, uh, Crystal Palace, is that... Uh, even though they had the bulk of the possession in the first half, and it's just come to my mind now, is that I, I felt that two of their really more talented players, the, the talisman players, uh, they were on the, the peripherals end of the game. They were not necessarily involved as much, uh, Blanchard and Haynes. And maybe that's because, you know, I know how good they are. Um, and I, I was a, I was surprised that their impact on the game wasn't as as... As, as influential as it could have been. Um, but I'll own my bias on this occasion. 
definitely will. Uh, away from Crystal Palace and Blackburn, um, the other midgate day game, um, it could be the end of the road for London City Lionesses in terms of their fight for promotion. They had the advantage last week after a very good win against Bristol at home. They knew they had to do a job. These are the key words in terms of what they had to say from their uh, acting head coach, Nikita, and the captain, Holly, it was like they knew they had to, to go and, and uh, win. They knew they were going up to Durham. Durham apparently has its own climate, never been there. So I know that means that it's probably very cold. I'm a Londoner, so what do you expect? Um, but the game was done and dusted, it would seem, from very early on in the, ge in, in the game. Um, it's it's down to, to Bristol now. I mean, the defeat that London City Lioness is... Uh, suffered at the weekend against Durham is 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 a kind of I would say back to, to back to earth moment, you know, back to earth. It's it's on board probably. They will continue to fight on for the rest of the season, but when you have uh, so few games left and um, and and six points to to kind of make up, and knowing that I think one of the games that they've got to go to is I think it's Southampton. Southampton, they've got to go to Southampton, they've got to go to Charlton, you know, um, Charlton, who've, uh, who are score draw specialists as well this season. And um, it's going to be very difficult, you know, very, very difficult. Three good goals, could have been more for Durham. Um, so a great, a great, great win for Durham in terms of their league position and in terms of their morale. Um, and it's a real kick in the shin for London City Lionesses. They will not have enjoyed that at all. But, you know, I know how resolute they are as a bunch of players and they will go again. Um, I'm just wondering now uh, what impact that will have to be so close this year. Um, every year they've been close and will it be next year that, they, that they, they'll, they'll make the, the, the next step? It'll be interesting if they don't do it this year, but um, it looks like it's, it's uh, slipped away from them at the moment. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. And in terms of, um, you know, the chasing pack, they're not the only team that took, that suffered a defeat, which kind of eased the passage somewhat in terms of, of, of Bristol feeling slightly more comfortable at this point of the season. Definitely. Uh, away from them, Charlton and Sunderland, two goals apiece, very entertaining for the neutral Great for the goal scorers, uh, but a much heartache, much heartache for the managers. Uh, Charlton would have probably wanted all three points. Uh, Sunderland will definitely be happy with the point uh, and uh, and on what that means for them in, in terms of league position. Mixed bag of the season for Sunderland. Um, Charlton will probably wish that they'd won all three points. Uh, Mel Johnson doing the Mel Johnson thing, scoring goals naturally. Um, Charlton, you know, Maybe, maybe, I don't know what will happen next season. It'll be interesting. In terms of player recruitment as well, that's going to be really interesting. Really, really interesting. Um, right, stepping away from them, Bristol, right? What can I say? Bristol looks to have added another solid step in uh, in terms of their way back to the WSL. Um, good win away from home. You know, they can put that one to bed now. It's always been a difficult uh, fixture for them. Southampton, right, even though they lost this game, Right, they lost this game, and you'd think, you know, it's, you know, real kind of knock them out stuff. What I will say is that Southampton, even in this game, um, for me, demonstrated a swagger, right, 
Um, that said, they're, they're, they're not going away anytime soon. And I will be bold and say right now um, that they have what it takes to be not only just difficult to beat next season, but I, I, they have what it takes to be top next season, uh, which is not pleasing to hear for London City Lionesses fans. But Southampton are, they're showing that they're the real deal. They're the real deal. Um, so, you know, and they tried their best to knock down the, the Bristol door. But Fran Bentley, you know, showing everybody that she is the golden glove holder of the championship for a reason. She's not playing around. She don't like letting goals in. So Southampton knocked to the door. Uh, Bristol said no. In fact, not in Bristol, Fran said, you're not coming in. Not today. Try Christmas. Um, so, yeah, so Bristol been, win by, by one goal to nil, which is great. You know, which is great. Um, a quick mention about Sheffield. Um, and this is in relation to the, the Blackburn Palace game. Blackburn will feel happy, even though they lost, um, that Sheffield also lost as well, because it means that they there's no real pull away. They haven't changed positions. And there's still, you know, there's a buffer between them and Coventry. So Sheffield's two, Lewis three. Uh, goals, goals galore in this one, but um, Sheffield will not be happy. Um, with this at all and again another strange season for them in terms of league position and 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 what what could have been now Coventry um at the bottom of the league um they lose by a single goal to Birmingham and and I've got to say is it that for them is you know is is the is it is it now can we say that they're they're not gonna make it they're not gonna stay up um and I could say it could be but if the teams above them probably Sheffield, don't win any more games, don't pick up any more points, and Coventry win all of their games, they could still technically be safe. Technically. But someone might say goal difference, I haven't checked. But it's a big if. Massive if. Huge, huge if. Um, could happen. I don't know. Could happen. Um, so that's it in terms of roundup for the uh, Barclays Women's Championship. The the only thing I'll say is that because it's been international week, I haven't followed it international. But the one thing I did notice, which was of interest in terms of the Premier League, uh, was um, Spurs parting way with um, with Conte. Uh, not surprised, as I said, probably thought it would have happened sooner. I'm surprised he stayed this long. Um, and as I mentioned before, in terms of Spurs women, there needs to be a real serious conversation as to what's going to happen with the club and the players. Um, likewise for the Premier League players as well. They've had more than their fair share of top managers and they still haven't won anything. So, you know, you can keep talking about managers coming in and doing a great job or not doing a great job. At the end of the day, the players play the game. And it's always going to come down to what happens on the pitch and what people don't do or do. What a, what a fast-paced afternoon that was. Anyway, that's it from me. Until next time, I'm Rodney Cyrus. This is On and Off the Pitch. And until next time, laters. Welcome to On and Off the Pitch. You're right, babe.